Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, the podcast for HR professionals. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I am the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. This podcast aims to put valuable tools and knowledge into the hands and ears of you, the HR professional. Those tools will arm you with the best methods and strategies for attracting, motivating, and retaining top talent. You may have noticed that we have been releasing a podcast every Tuesday and Friday. We are pleased to announce that this will be our permanent schedule, at least for the foreseeable future. Every Tuesday, we will launch a full-length episode of HR Works covering the kinds of topics we usually cover. And every Friday, we will release our much shorter 5-Minute Friday episodes that will usually look forward to content that's happening the next week, but they could really cover anything. Additionally, we are now available on Apple Podcasts, Audible, and Spotify, so if you prefer to listen via those services, you can now. In this episode, we are going to discuss background checks. So many organizations require background checks on potential employees, and there are countless services out there to assist you, but not all background checks are equal, and there are some tricky compliance issues to navigate as well. Finally, the pandemic has changed the nature of background checks just by virtue of so many people being remote. We are pleased to have with us today two experts to examine these issues. First, we have Ofer Rice. He's the CEO and owner of ProfCheck LTD, a new layer of security that conducts background checks and ongoing monitoring to defend employers from inner threats. Ofer worked for over 20 years with the Office of the Prime Minister of Israel, doing everything from heading counterterrorism interrogation schools to conducting polygraph exams. We also have with us today David Garcia. He's the CEO of Scout Logic a national pre-employment background check company located in the USA. David has over 25 years of experience in securing new clients, increasing revenue, and delivering superior client satisfaction in the B2B field. He's also an advisor to NVP and their portfolio companies, working with founders and sales and marketing leaders to help them grow their business. Ofer, David, thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having us. I've talked a little bit about this with a few people, you know, and the the general consensus is most organizations want to do background checks on their their candidates. Some don't, and maybe we'll talk about that in a little while. But uh, it does seem like on this long list of onboarding and 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 um, hiring, it's just another checkbox. It's just another thing to to get done. So. Just get it. Just get it done. Find somebody. Check the box, and you're all set. So I guess the question is, why should background checks carry a little bit more weight than just any other recruiting task? Um, David, do you want to go first? It, it, absolutely. So um, I, I think I'll talk legal reasons first, and then kind of we'll speak to integrity and workplace security. So from a, a legal perspective, I always encourage uh, companies who may not be background screening, which are few, but you still run into them. You yeah. check their commercial insurance policy. <laughs> Almost every commercial insurance policy says, says hey, you're going to do background checks. And, and a lot of people won't read the fine print. So always suggest that from, from those who aren't doing it. Um, look, background checks are obviously a speed bump in the recruiting process. If you're, if you're a good recruiter, you want to get great talent working, right? So, so background checks can be an obstacle. Um, selecting a good partner can help speed that along. But at the end of the day, what you don't want to have is a situation in the workplace of workplace violence. And I think, you know, I'm so glad Ofer brought it up in terms of social media. January 6th in particular for so many of our clients has become a watershed moment. Mm. It has been a wake-up call for many employers in the United States, big and small, 
wondering about what types of activities may be going on within their employee and candidate population. It's really changed so many of our conversations since then and really increased the depth of our screening for many of our clients. Yeah, it's uh, the second I saw that going down was the middle of a work day and I saw those crowds. I was like, so many people are going to get fired tomorrow and the day after. And, you know, <laughs> I I didn't expect it to get as violent as it did, um, which then, of course, changed the, the tenor of the conversation. But there there were their phones there on front on camera. They're recording themselves in some cases. I've watched people streaming from inside the Capitol live, which is just bizarre to see. It almost seems like a bad dream. And that's just, you know, there's one guy, I think, who was wearing his company shirt with the company name on it. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? No one can support that. Um, yeah. Ofer, do you have anything to add? Yeah. Um, the pandemic brought us to a new era where people are working remo- remotely. And also recruiters recruit remotely. So this is something that emphasizes the need for a background check because you even you don't even meet the people that you recruit only remotely. So how can you make sure that the people that you recruit are the one that you the, that you talk to in the first place? So even verification, regular verification checks are needed in order to to be sure that you are recruiting the right person. Uh, not uh, and not to ta- to talk about deep deeper te- checks that you we do in order to understand who really is the people that we recruit, even we, without seeing them. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good point. You know, um, in the one hand, the fact that they're sort of out there and not in contact with your other people at your company might be a little bit of a safeguard, but it's not. That's a minor positive compared to the fact that, as we said before, people can hide very well who they are. Um, if you're just looking at what they're telling you, you're just looking at the resume and you're just looking at the sites that they choose to share with you. You know, and this is something you know, I've grown up with. When I was in college, that's when Facebook came out for the first time. It was for college students only. It was basically, you know, like an advanced dating site. You find people that are like yeah. you and have similarities and you talk to them and you know, that I, no one could have seen what it was going to become, uh, how big it was going to become. And it was the start of that whole thing, presenting who you are to people, to other people in a way that you could never do before. Your flaws, your issues, your, your problems won't be seen. And that doesn't mean you can't hire people with issues and problems. It just means you should, an employer needs to make that decision for themselves so that they don't get embroiled in a scandal later on when somebody does something that they were probably always going to do. Um, one of the things I want to talk about was, you know, even in this discussion, when people talk about background checks, it's a background check. And there's kind of a sense that they're all the same, which can't possibly be true. But as we were talking about a little bit earlier, it's that checkbox on your list of things you got to do. We got to get, you know, got to get the resume, maybe have an interview and just throw a background check in there. So I really want to get the idea from, you know, two experts within the field. I, I think I know the answer to the question, but, you know, all background checks aren't the same, are they? Ofer, do you want to start with that? Well, we just discussed this uh, before, uh, David and I. And 
we are very different in our uh, approach to background checks. And uh, I think we, we complete each other as well. Mm. Uh, because uh, our background checks are not, uh, doing, are not doing verification checks or going to the regular criminal uh, uh, database in order to check if there is a criminal record. What we do is going deep down into the net and checking for a red flags in the internet about the person that we are checking. Mostly it's profiling. It's not a background check, it's profiling the person that you want to recruit. And um, what David do is, David will talk about it. So something else, I guess. Yeah, David, let's hear. You know, the adage you pay for what you get uh, holds true in the background check industry as well. You know, you'll, you, if you're an employer or an HR leader looking for a background check and you, you see one for $9.99 uh, that you can get through someone on Google, um, what you're going to get is uh, access to a screen scrape database that only covers like 60% of the United States. It's got lousy name matching technology behind it. You know, it's a big sieve that people are going to walk through. You know, if you're paying for a high quality background check on the criminal side, it's going to probably be at least, you know, 50 to to $100 and up. Uh, and verifications in terms of did someone work for who they say they did, when they did, did they go to school and gra actually graduate? These are all things that actually increase cost and time, which as we talked about, yeah. recruiters don't always love, but are really important to protect your workplace, particularly if you're putting these people in front of other clients as well. And then the last component, which is really uh, becoming more and more common, again, especially after January 6th, is social media screening. Um, it is probably the next big frontier along with continuous monitoring of current employees and background checks. I got a lot of phone calls on January 7th from people saying, hey, help me understand how I can do social media screening. But again, that's more cost and expense versus the 999 <laughs> background check that everybody just wants to buy, right? It's very interesting that to hear that that wasn't going on at, at an extreme level before. I mean, we've been talking about social media because that's a big question in HR, um, or at least it had been. Do you, do you look? Do you want to look? Because um, sometimes people don't want to know. And it's not just because they're afraid they're going to find something criminal or they're going to find something unacceptable. It's because they might find out protected information about an individual you know, uh, they might find out the person's disabled and maybe they're not visibly disabled. It just complicates things should things go wrong in an organization. So that's on the one side. On the other side, you probably want to know if your employee is a Nazi, right? So, you know, it's it's surprising to me that that yeah. wasn't as widespread. The other thing that, you know, I'm, I'm hearing is that, you know, there's a lot of approaches to how you do a background check and there's probably a lot of right ways to do it. Maybe we could briefly talk about the wrong way to do it. What are things that you guys are seeing amongst your, your peers out there that are maybe not, not the best? I think that what uh, David mentioned before, the 199 checks that people do, this is not a real background check. So, and people count, I, I know that people count on it and say, I, I, run, I, run, I run a background check on him and it's okay. And when we... Deep, when we, deep ask, we deep ask deep questions and, and ask them, what did you do? And they say, we went to this site and uh, paid $1.99 for this uh, check and he's okay. Well, 
this is insane to to recruit someone after checking in those kind of sites. I couldn't agree with over more. And and here's the kind of the scenario we still see all the time. I uh, okay, you're going to run a background check. Did you collect the authorization from the candidate which you're required to collect? Mm. No. Okay. Uh, strike one. Uh, did you do county level research based on where they live? No, we just typed it into you know backgroundchecks.com. Okay. Strike two. Are you sure it's David Garcia who you ran a check on? Because it's kind of a common name. <laughs> well, maybe, but he's saying that he he wasn't an axe murderer. And then lastly, did you do a social media check? No, we had the HR coordinator just Google them and see if we could find anything. And you know, and we saw that I, I do have a disability, and that makes us a little nervous about hiring. Mm-hmm. I hear that all the time. Like those are lawsuits all over that conversation, in addition to not providing a safe workplace. It's why you need you need a, a qualified third party to do this for you. Yeah, I really feel that on the uh, the common names. My name is James Davis. There are, hundreds, <laughs> I don't know, millions of us. I mean, I get lost in databases all the time. Um, I've had, you know, issues with police where I got pulled over and the cops are saying, oh, we looked up your name. You have all these drug charges and we want to search your car. I had that happen to me once and I was like, what? Like, I've never been arrested. You know, I'm saying the name's James Davis. There's like a million of us. Maybe we should. We got it squared away, fortunately. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that's an easy mistake to make. Um, I know people sometimes have trouble finding me on LinkedIn, which... I don't really feel that bad about, but uh, it's just, it's really important. And you read those cases from, from a criminal standpoint too. You read wrong mistaken identity. They pick up the wrong guy with the same name. You really yeah. want to safeguard against that kind of mistake. And it's an easy one to make. Well, and it's a frequent lawsuit. Here's what happens all the time. We do a background check on James Davis. We get the ax murderer charge. You say, I'm not an ax murderer. <laughs> it's a different James Davis. Uh, background check drags its feet for a few weeks doing the follow-up research. In the interim, as a recruiter, you need to hire somebody. So you hire Dave Garcia and you say, Jim, I'm sorry, we're not hiring you. That is a very frequent Mm -hmm. lawsuit that happens, right? Because someone's not moving quick enough to do the accuracy on your name. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, And it's one of those things, you know, a lot of the bias was something we talk about a lot. One of the problems with biases is that it can be hard to see especially hiring biases. We talk about this with, with AI recruiting a lot. The AI may be programmed wrong. It may be giving white people a better chance, but there's really no visibility into that from the, um, from the uh, candidate perspective. It's not like when you put your name into a, into a site, it says, oh, well, your name isn't white sounding, so we're not going to hire you. But when you're in an interview with somebody and they're saying, well, your name came back as somebody with maybe a criminal background, we're not sure, we're not going to hire you. Now that person has that data, they have the information, they can take that right to the EEOC or to, to whichever organization they're going to go to. And that's the difference between cases that are even known at all and the cases that go to court. And I've said it a million times and I'll say it again. You don't want to go to court at all. Even if you're going to win, you don't want to go. It's expensive. Even if you have a lawyer on retainer, it, those prices can add up, especially if the judge at the end says you have to pay this guy's legal fees because you were wrong. You know, um, so yeah, it's a really good point. One of the, and that brings up kind of the next issue, which is fairness. You know, 
I don't, as a person who's had background checks run on me, I don't have any visibility and I haven't felt like spending a hundred dollars to find out what my background is. Based, you know, what do people find when they look up James Davis? And there's other issues too. You know, you're talking about people's employment. There's a lot of data out there that says just because someone has a criminal background doesn't mean that they won't be a good employee. In fact, many of them are excellent employees, um, especially yeah. amongst people that have been in for a long time. You know, they've had a lot of time to reflect. They're ready to get things right. There's issues with, you know, like we're talking about before, disabilities. A background check might bring that up and an employer might foolishly say, well, that's not that's not what we want or, or make that decision inside and not tell anybody because um, you can still be a biased jerk. And even if you're not telling everybody about it, even though all the studies say you should, you should hire those people too, they bring a, a unique opinion. They're hard workers. They're dedicated. So the, you know, if the background check is kind of like that first gate, a lot of people aren't going to make it in the door because of what happens there if it's not done correctly. So what do each of you guys do to make sure that the background checks you're conducting are conducted in a fair and equitable way. Ofer, do you mind starting? Yeah. For, for, for example, uh, any information which is not uh, necessary for the employer to know and might, inf might influence his decision not to recruit this person and not from the right reason, we don't even uh, say it on the, in the report. We don't, don't mention it in the, in the report. For example, if this this person uh, has another uh, has a disability or something, we don't mention it at all. The only thing that we mention are red flags or things that might be in a, a in a direct connection uh, to something that, to something that might sabotage his work or, or make any a, a problem for him would be problematic for him to work in this kind of place. So, uh, for example, uh, there was a person uh, late, not 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 uh, for, uh, late ago, not, not five, uh, a few days ago, that we found out uh, this that, that he is his gender is not uh, he had a gender that that was not uh, was sensitive to 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 mention, and we didn't mention it to the recruiter. And uh, finally, he was he was recruited. He was a very fine worker, and a very good. He should be a very good worker. So there's no reason to mention sensitive information. That there's no reason and no nothing to do with the the work he has to do. That's a great example, David. Do you have anything to add? The United States, like many countries, is tough when it comes to background check laws. You have federal, state, and even city ordinances that all govern background checks. So we are we are uber conservative in that realm. I have your philosophy on no court date is a good one. Um, and so we invest a lot of time and money with outside counsel and also in our platform to be as compliance proof as we can, both for ourselves and our employers as well, uh, employer clients as well. Um, but you, you brought up a really great point on, you know, whether it's fair chance hiring or second chance hiring. You know, our role as a background check company is not to advise our clients on who to hire or not, right? We are truth tellers within the bounds of the law. But, you know, I, I you know, when, I, when I'm sitting down with a client, it's like, well, what do you think? I'm like, second chance hiring has a very strong role to play in our country and our continuing economic success. To your point, these are, these are potentially great employees, and studies have shown that yeah. if they're given a chance, right? Yeah. If everyone is truthful in the process. If you have that open and honest discussion, you may have a 
fabulous employee in front of you and, and keep that in mind as you make your hiring decisions. This is the reason why we, we also don't advise uh, employers to check themselves about the, the, the applicant because they might find things that will, will, will make them uh, uh, take the wrong, the wrong decision. Yeah, it's it's really important. I think it's particularly occurs amongst mid-size and newer organizations. They haven't they haven't experienced maybe a lawsuit. They haven't they just don't they think about it from a, kind of an amateur standpoint. Of course, I want to know more yeah. about my potential employee. And then you look into it and you see something that's different and that scares you and it's you make the wrong decision, you know. And never mind that you might get get sued. It's also just not the right thing to do. Not fair. Yep. Someone needs to be judged on their merits right. and their capabilities, not on other things. Um, and, and that kind of leads me to the next point. Do you find that clients approach you wanting to know something specific, saying, saying, you know, even if it's this information that you really, they really shouldn't be asking for? Do you find, do you run into that a lot? I, I don't. Um, whenever we run into situations, it's typically something, to your point, out of ignorance. Right. It's a newer company or a small, mid-sized organization. They just don't know. And, and nine out of 9.9 .9 out of 10 employers, particularly our clients, they want to do the right thing. But it's a moving target sometimes in terms of what the right thing is legally. So we just try to make sure, working again with qualified outside counsel, we're getting them the best advice. Uh, the, same, the same with us. Uh, usually... Large corporations and large uh, uh, enterprises don't want to mess with the things that they might get them to court. So they have their 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 uh, uh, lawyers to know, and and they they know what to do, and they have their limits as well. They don't ask for things that they don't want to know. It's encouraging to hear that that's not as common. Yeah, um, it, it's it represents sort of a positive change because there was a time where being discriminatory was okay and encouraged it wasn't that long ago like 30 yeah. years ago before this stuff started coming out that not only does it hurt your business but you can get sued and and it, it just isn't good for creating diversity of thought um nice to hear that that isn't going on as much these days hey there's kind of one last topic i really want to discuss um and that's those organizations that choose not to conduct background checks. And before I get into the question, I'm going to share a brief story. I went to, uh, it's similar, it's about drug drug screening. I went to SHRM a few years ago and listened to these two brilliant doctors, you know, talking about addiction and substance abuse. They work with employees uh, and employers to, you know, help them go through the process because it's not always just a fact of, okay, this person did some drugs and they get fired. There's often a, a process that goes on where they're given a chance to, to clean up and sometimes there's legal issues there too. And they were talking about organizations that choose not to, to do drug screening and how drug users will, substance abuse users will find those places and tell their friends and let other people know, oh, you can work here without a, without a, without a drug test. And so what you get is you get these places, and that's, that's a complicated issue, but you get these places where you have a community of drug users now working at your organization because you made the decision not to test. Similarly, I wonder if that kind of thing goes on with background checks 
Um, so I really wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts are on organizations that choose not to do background checks. Okay, I, I think it's, it's the wrong approach not to do a background check, although I know a lot of companies that avoid it uh, purposely. Because they don't want to to uh, mix with the they don't don't want to to uh, to to be involved in things that uh, might uh, lead them to uh, not getting anyone uh, with was involved with the, for example drugs or anything in his past, and uh, when you close your eyes it doesn't mean that the problem goes away, and uh, usually. Um, what I found out this year uh, through a report from a version is that more than 40% of the breaches to organization were led by employers. So how can, you, how can you be safe? How can you be sure that your organization is safe if you don't check anyone? If you close your eyes, it doesn't mean that the, the problem disappears. This is why I think this is not right. I think it's almost uh, irresponsible to, to not not to check your employees or your candidates. Uh, but I know I know a lot of companies that uh, don't want to go through this process. That's very interesting, uh, David. Do you have anything to add? Yeah. Look, the sad the sad and kind of scary truth is, if you Google does X company do background check. It will often take you to some sort of, you know, Reddit board or something else where you have a whole lot of people saying, hey, you know, Dave Garcia Foods doesn't do background checks, right? And to your Sherm story point, it attracts that population. Some of those people are just people who've had some bad breaks or some things have gone on in their lives and they're just looking for a gift. Yeah. And I get that and I respect that. But then there are some people out there who are bad actors who are looking for vulnerable organizations to penetrate. That is one strategy in which they do that. So, you know, fortunately, the percentage of companies that don't do background checks continues to decline every year in the United States. We're probably in single-digit percentage points at this point. But, but to your also your point, companies, I think, definitely are, are revisiting their drug testing policies. Like, uh, do we want to know marijuana law? It's yeah. very confusing when it comes to drug tests. But again, lots of boards out there are, does Dave Garcia Foods do drug testing? If they don't. Maybe that's a safe place for me. And so employers need to consider that's what's going on out in the internet uh, among the job seekers yeah. of the world. It's super destructive in that a lot of these organizations that won't take that step, they're going to get burned at some point. And when they do, they're going to have a trust issue. You know, I, I know, especially among small business owners, I know small business owners that have had somebody do something like steal a bunch of their food, you know, and then they become the biggest jerks I've ever met because they're afraid everyone's going to steal their food. It's something that we run into in HR a lot, which is that what employers and, and, and managers worry about are those bad employees, and they start to see them everywhere if they get focused on it. But the truth is, is that most people aren't like that. I mean, the overwhelming majority of folks just want to go to work. They want to get their stuff done. They want to be respected, and they want to go home. So you're doing things in a healthy way and you're doing background checks and you're making sure you're getting just regular people in the door, then, you know, that, those things will still happen, but they won't happen with such frequency. And you'll have an awareness and understanding that this is because you'll have that information ahead of time saying like, well, all these people pass this check, they're, they're fine. You know, and we're seeing that they're working hard. You have a sort of a third party verification, right? 
when in a yeah. situation like you're talking about where people are focusing on those companies that don't do those checks, yes, a lot of really good good folks that have had bad luck will get in. But you're talking about you know, it's because it's a numbers game. You know, if, if like 1% of the population is jerks that are looking to, to grift people and you make a, open the door, it's not going to be 1% that comes in. It's going to be 5 maybe 10% of those folks are going to have that issue. And that really multiplies your, your liability and your, and your risks. And your risks yeah. I mean, I, I should probably, I would love to get one of those guys on the, I understand why people don't do drug tests or maybe ignore particularly marijuana positive test results when they, when they get them from employees because of the laws and because some of the research out there, it's not necessarily the same as other certain drugs you know you might have a great worker who smokes weed at night and if it's not a problem it's not a problem the guy that tests positive on heroin however your chances of having a problem with that employee are going way up way up but when it comes to other kinds of stuff on background check why wouldn't you want to know what is the rationale just to get people in the door you're really inviting inviting some bad situations with that um, well, we're getting towards the end here. Uh, just uh, any last thoughts, anything that we didn't bring up that you guys wanted to talk about before we leave? I guess we didn't talk about uh, something with, with a new trend, I guess, in the background check, which is the continuous uh, monitoring. Mm. And um, I, think, I think it's a great thing, but it's uh, something that uh, is compliance is very, very... Uh, a very very complicated and you need to be very aware to what you check and what you are uh, allowed to check and uh, not to forget that you have to to get all the consents for everything that you che- that you continue to monitor uh, about the employee uh, but but continuous monitoring I, I guess this is this is the the future of background check because when you check someone as an applicant, uh, it's okay, but after a year or two, or after a period of time, something might change, and you won't notice it if you won't do mm. a, a, a monitor. If you won't monitor the the background, so I guess this is something that we might talk about. That's interesting. I'm not really. I guess I'm not really familiar with. I mean, I know employees do. Our employers do monitoring of their employees, but. It does seem to make sense, like if someone has, you know, an arrest in the intervening years and and they don't tell anybody about it and somehow it doesn't get out, um, that's something employers yeah. probably going to want to know about, right? Um, yeah. And yes, that is tricky. That is tricky from a compliance situation. Although many employers just decide that they're going to monitor their employees anyway, you know? Um, it really comes down to with a, well, it's probably not worth talking about here, but I'm kind of a suspicious person, so <laughs> I assume I'm being monitored, you know, even though no one's ever made me sign anything as far as I know about that. Um, I know records are kept post, like a lot of times it's if you do something wrong, then they'll go through your stuff, but um, to, to find verification. Uh, how about how about you, David? Any last thoughts before we go? I, I want to ditto or first uh, comment on continuous monitoring. Compliance is important. But if you uh, have employees in particular that are dealing with any type of vulnerable population, children, the elderly, disabled, it's you a, absolutely it's need to essential. be doing continuous monitoring. It's essential. Um, check with your outside counsel. 
hire a qualified firm and do it. And then just the really last point I want to give is there are probably between 1,500 and 2,000 background check companies in the United States. There's a lot of us, right? With aggressive salespeople knocking on uh, <laughs> talent acquisition leader doors. And, and my, my theme for them is bigger is not always better, right? Uh, hiring big blue in this instance isn't always the safest thing to do because of some of the financial dynamics that are going on in the top of our industry. So as a talent acquisition leader who's a, making a buying decision, do your research, check Glassdoor, check Google reviews, uh, talk to references, dig deep on who you may want to be your background check partner. Because as we've talked about for the last you know, 40 minutes, it has real implications. I think I have a new idea for a new kind of company. Background checks for background check companies. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I think That's we've good. opened up a whole new market here, guys. Um, I'll be in touch. <laughs> well, guys, thank it. you so much. It's been really enjoyable. Uh, really appreciate yeah. both of you taking the time today. Thank you, team. And thank you, David. Thanks for having us. Fantastic. Listeners, we are always interested in suggestions you might have for what HR work should cover next. Please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HRWorks Podcast. With any thoughts or concerns you have about the podcast in general, if you just want to say hi or if you have any suggestions, we are listening. And thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HRWorks.